Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Squad Fest is over, and man, what a success that was. Great time, for sure, in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, it was it was very, very nice being able to see everybody out there just enjoying some freedom. Um, this podcast is up on YouTube now, so be sure to go head over to YouTube, subscribe to it, and uh, you can watch all the shenanigans unfold. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Dive Bomb Industries, maker of Squad Fest. Um, they put on a hell of an event. And I got to tell you, seeing everything that they offer, it's insane. They're not just a decoy company. They got bags. They got clothing. They got their hands in so many things. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of their company. And uh, they still make the best silhouette that's on the market right now. Uh, as the, as the days tick on in summertime, it is time to start getting ready for hunting season. So check out Dive Bomb Industries for anything that you're going to need, whether it's apparel, whether it's a nice new gun case, whether it's a floating bag, or if it's decoys, be sure to get the bags. You got to get the bags if you get the silhouettes. They got to pack up, keep everything nice and tidy. Go to DiveBombIndustries.com, get everything that you're going to need because the season is right around the corner. This podcast is also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. It's a traditional corn mash whiskey aged in charred new American oak barrels. You'll find a pleasant aroma of vanilla and spice before galloping into notes of nougat, sweet corn, and a lingering caramel finish. Built on a dream aged 25 years, it's handcrafted Bangtail Whiskey, and it makes for the perfect sip for the perfect drink during summertime. I know I love my whiskey sours with Bangtail Whiskey. Uh, you can order them straight from their website, and you can get whiskey shipped straight to your door, and it is delicious. I cannot I cannot recommend it enough. Bangtailwhiskey.com. It's good shit. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. The boys at Pacific Calls, I tell you what, they cleaned up. They cleaned up house up there at Squad Fest and... Uh, now they got their sights turned on to game fair here in just a little bit, but uh, good dudes, man. I tell you what, seeing them uh, interact with some of the younger kids at this squad fest was was really really touching. So uh, they make a great call. They've got great customer service. <clears throat> They've revamped their short goose call to two hundred six, and I tell you what, they still got one of the best duck calls that I think I've ever ever ran in the pcd so and if you check out their apparel you can get one of the world famous Andy that's Shaver right shirts. that's right we need to uh we got we're gonna have to pick a winner for that yeah so right now the uh the world famous andy shaver t-shirt is it'll be coming up on their online store you can get it and get a nice goose call or duck call coming your way that sold pretty well at the at the squad fest so i was pleased so go check them out pacificcustomcalls.com Get a premium acrylic call sent your way. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, all-American made. Hits like a freight train. Bismuth, it's back in style. Copper-plated bismuth. I love me some Boss. So many people came up to us and said, you know what? We started shooting Boss. We've been shooting been shooting some of that cheaper stuff, and uh, we don't mind forking over some of the extra dollar bills because Boss is worth it. And uh, they've got the money bag, and it's just cool, you know, they're bringing the sub-gauge culture back, and that's uh, that's cool to be a part of. I love me some boss, though. They will Good be people. at the DUX uh, Festival at Texas Motor Speedway the weekend of June 
7th and 28th. Yeah, whatever it is. And then they'll also be at Game Fair with us, or we'll be there with them. So yes. we look forward to that. But check them out, BossShotShells.com, and uh, get you a case, and you can experience the difference yourself. You'll never go back, I promise. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers, Mr. Matt Peel, up in Maryland. Ah, I tell you what, the guy knows his shit when it comes to dog training. It's, it's always a lot of fun talking to him. We've got a little bi-monthly uh, segment that we do with him all about dog training. Um, whatever you need, whether you've got a new puppy and you're needing somebody to uh, potty train it, housebreak it, or if you're trying to get a dog ready for the field, Matt Peel is the trainer that I would send my dog to. He's, I, I follow him on Instagram. Just watch him for a little bit. It's amazing the thing that he has some of the dogs doing. Um, and, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat how he does it. It's, uh, it's kinda, he's kind of got an old-school trainer mentality, and uh, he puts out some fantastic dogs from start to finish. So um, if, you, if you're looking to send your dog somewhere, if you're looking for a new puppy, or if maybe you've just hit a, a roadblock in your training and you need somebody to talk to, Matt Peel's the man. So go check him out at Goose Creek Retrievers. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. They've got a new blend out, the Missouri Boat Ride. It's a nice medium blend. Uh, it's fantastic. I like the high velocity personally because I'm a I'm a caffeine guy, but Dirty Duck Coffee, it's the way I start my morning every single day with a cup of the duck because my coffee does not suck. I drink Dirty Duck Coffee. They've also got some sweet-looking swag out, so if you're wanting to represent the duck, go to their website, Dirty Duck Coffee, and... Uh, get it headed your way but dirty duck coffee it's the way i start my morning out here every single day uh dirtyduckcoffee.com we're also brought to you by gun dog outdoors keep your pooch safe and secure with the patented quick release system i use it every day on lou um no matter you know what we're doing i strap his big ass in and he does not move until i want him to so it's a nice safety measure whether your dog is one that likes to uh, go when the shot is called or not, you know, all it takes is one accident. The quick release system, slap it onto the collar, and that dog doesn't get to go anywhere until you, uh, until you say so. Um, they've also got a field trauma kit that I think every hunting blind and every pickup needs. Go to gundogoutdoors.com. Um, they've also, they're proud to introduce a new training bumper. It's time to start getting your dog out there training, getting some of the rust off, getting them back in shape. And uh, basically, if, 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 if it comes to your four-legged friend, Gundog Outdoors is the company to go check out because they've got some great, great, great products for your four-legged hunting buddy. Go check them out, gundogoutdoors.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Four people, best day frame. Uh, they've got the best spinners out there. Waterproof, you don't have to worry about it. If, if, you're, if your spinner takes a... Takes a dive in the water, you just pull it out and keeps on a ticking. They've also got uh, a fantastic new dog kennel for the big boys like Luke. LuckyDuck.com. It's five-star crash test rated, so you don't have to worry about anything happening to your buddy that's back there. Put them in the put them in the crate. Away you go. This podcast is also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Uh, they're up on Patreon now, so. You pay uh, a little little premium fee each month, and then you get to listen. The bourbon reviews are free for everybody. They come out on iTunes and Spotify and all that all that good stuff. But they are back, boys and girls. You know, everybody put enough pressure on them. 
They had to come out of retirement. So the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast is back. They're up on Patreon. Uh, you go through Patreon, pay your monthly subscription, and then you get uh, premium access to all of the all the good things going on with Logan and Reb. Had the pleasure of hanging out with him all weekend at the at the Squad Fest. It's a very he's, it's a very good time. He's very entertaining. I highly recommend you checking out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast on Patreon. And we've got a giveaway with them. So you listen to them on Patreon. Here in a couple episodes, they will release uh, the details. There will be a code word. You will comment that code word into their Patreon site. And that is how we're going to pick a winner for a six-person goose hunt giveaway. How many days is it? Two days? It's two days. Six people, two days, lodging and meals. Come in two morning goose hunts. Get a hunt with the world-famous Andy Shaver and get a see. Jeff Stanfield. So go check them out, like uh, Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, and it's on uh, it's on the Patreon site. This podcast finally brought, brought to you by Eyesight Drones, which we have pipeline inspections, wind turbine inspections, well pad inspections, power line inspections, solar panel inspections. So if you have anything in the outdoor business, outdoor stuff, oil related, construction, farming, they can take care of you. They support drain tile survey, do stand counts, ranch land inspections, severe weather inspections, livestock counts, and watershed mapping. Folks, it's 2021, and drones are part of our world. Eyesight drones can do it all. Construction, farming, ranching, oil, every industry can use it. It's so much easier and quicker, and they can get stuff done. They can do 3D modeling, volumetrics, aerial site mapping, and job site monitoring, and that's Eyesight Drones. And that's EyesightDrones.com takes the guesswork out of everything. You just call them, and they tell you everything about your land that you need to know. Eyesight Drone Service. We're happy to have them on board. That's all of them. This, uh, this episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. We forgot about Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Oh, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. Okay. Now that's all of them. Yep. Man, what a plug for your own company. Been in business almost 30 years. Dove season's coming up. If you still need a place to go this September or October. Give us a holler. Come in October. We're sold out in September. Come in October. We're sold out in September. If you need a goose hunt, better get a hold of Jeff pretty quick because those dates are also filling up. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of the podcast, we are joined by bass master, bass fisherman, uh, Matthew Robertson. Uh, He is on the pro circuit, and I'm telling you what, he is a lot of fun to listen to. We hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Matthew Robertson. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Looking Glass, Looking Glass Duck Club. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. And yes, with sir. us today, yes, sir, bass, professional bass fisherman from Catawba, Kentucky, Mr. Matthew Robertson. Matthew, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, guys. I appreciate you having me. Well, we're excited to have you. We yeah. were talking off air. You're, you're our second fisherman, so this should be good. You're going to teach us a lot of stuff today, all your, all your secrets. 
Oh, yeah, we can do that. We'll let a few of them out of the bag. <laughs> now, would you be considered, would you consider yourself a country boy or redneck? Oh, yeah, 100% country boy redneck. Definitely cut from that cloth. That's a good cloth to be cut from because I think 90% of all the good people in our country are cut from that same cloth. I don't know shit about pro bass fishermen to begin with. How do you get in that game? Because not just like I can't just own me a boat and go to the lake and and enter one of these tournaments, can I? Yeah, you know, you can get you a boat and enter a tournament, but whenever it comes to the top tier, like the Elite Series, um, no, you just can't buy a boat and jump in. So, uh, Man, there's basically two ways to get in, and uh, that's through the Bass Nation, which is uh, the gra- the kind of like the grassroots. Uh, everyday working man can go there. It's a cheaper way to get there, a lot easier. Well, it's not easier, but cheaper way, and it's still a real hard way to get there. And you also have through the Opens. Uh, it's your higher dollar entry fees. Uh, each entry fee for the tournament's 1800 bucks, so you're still playing some high-stakes fishing. And you have to come in the top three in points in uh, one of the three divisions, or they do an overall system with the, if you fish all three divisions to get in. And so you're fishing against the best of the best in the country to try to make it to the Elite Series, which is the top tier, and... Uh, and yeah, man, once you get there, it's even more competitive. So how, how many guys are in the upper tier of this? Because getting I've, someone told me to fish on the pro bass circuit at the upper level where you're at is a, equivalent to being on the PGA Tour. Hey, yeah, there's dude, there's 100 guys. Normally there's only 80, uh, but with COVID last year, they kept, they didn't make a cut. They usually cut like 10 or 12. Uh, they didn't make that cut because of COVID, and and so there's a hundred guys fishing, fishing the elite series. That's crazy. That's not many people. Yeah. Now, now, and you, there's a lot of fishermen out there. Y- y'all just fished in Texas. Y'all fish at Lake Ray Roberts. Yep. When when you were at Lake Ray Roberts, you come in on your boat and you pulled the Stone Cold Steve Austin and you smashed the bear cans down and guzzled them, right? Oh yeah, buddy. We come out there and. Uh, <laughs> And a cut, you know, normally in bass fishing, most most of the guys are wearing long sleeve jerseys nowadays to, uh, you know, sun protection. You know, got their sponsors on it, and dude, that's all fine. But I'm old country boy. Whenever I'm not working, I'm a regular working guy. Whenever I ain't working, my ass is in a cutoff shirt <laughs> all the time. I got an old blue UK cutoff. It's my favorite cutoff, and I thought. <laughs> Hell, man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wear me a cutoff jersey. So, so me and my wife literally went. She went to Walmart and got the stuff, printed out the the logos on this special paper, and we ironed it on a damn regular t-shirt. And uh, yeah, we whacked the sleeves off of it, and I've done a little ripping and tearing. And yeah, we that's how we rolled, man. <laughs> Is is bass fishing? Is it getting like a little stuffy, like with with the guys and all their gear? And I mean, you seem like a regular guy, but you see some of these guys and they're fucking, they got their starch jeans and all, you know, not starch jeans, but you know, nice pants and they got their shirt and all that stuff. But you just seem like a regular guy. Is 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 bass fishing getting a little bit uppity almost? Um, 
I don't know if I'd call it uppity, but they definitely have uh, dress code regulations. Like, uh, um, we're not allowed to wear blue jeans. I guess there's one or two that wear them. I don't know. Uh, they got some permission or whatever to wear them or whatnot. But they're, you have to get your jerseys approved, basically. And that's they, they don't want you having no holes in your clothes or anything. Just... Uh, they're calling it, you know, being professional. Yeah. Well, you know, it, if you're wanting, I guess if you're wanting a sport to go kind of legit and more mainstream, you want your athletes um, or participants to look a certain way. You know, you don't want yeah. somebody with their underwear, you know, holes in their underwear or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I think you need to be held to a standard. But then again, you got to remember who the fishermen are in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the country. That's us old country folks, you know, regular folks that, you know, whenever we get off work, we don't give a damn, man. We're going <laughs> to wear cut-off shorts. We're going to go drink beer. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go hunting. We're going to go shoot some ducks and geese, go bow fishing. We'll do whatever the hell we want, you know. See, y'all are smart, then. See, you've got it down. That's what country music and the NFL has forgotten. They've forgotten who their yeah. people are that pay their bills. That's right. So I'm glad to see that. Now, Y'all have more fucking sponsors than NASCAR does. I've never seen people with more patches than you guys get. Yeah. Yeah, some of them, some of them got a lot, man. <laughs> um, me, I'm kind of, I, I, kind, I don't have as many sponsors as everybody else. And it just depends on, on, I guess, what level of bass fishing you look at, you know. Um there's a lot of guys in the, I'm going to call the more local scene. I think we call them patch pirates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. They'll, you know, they're wearing, wearing logos for nothing. You know, want to look good. They want to look, they want to be like a professional and you know what more power to them. I guess they can do whatever the hell they want. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of, lot of logos, man. They're everywhere. What's it like fishing with a, a cameraman? Does that make it more difficult, or do you not like it's no big oh, deal? Oh, it's uh, – so most people I think it'd be all right for, but it makes it, for me, the way I cuss, carry on, <laughs> the like the stuff I talk about. Like I gave them fair warning. I told them, I said, listen, guys, if you're going to put a camera in my boat, you need about a two-minute delay. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be responsible for anything under, you know, for two minutes. Mm-hmm. You, you should be able to, you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, because I like to carry on. I ain't going to, you just, you know what everybody likes to carry on sure, about. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah. So, it, it's pretty, it's honestly, it's tough on me. I got to, honestly, I don't watch it. But it's probably going to bite me one day. <laughs> you so, know, do they give you fair warning? Like, okay, Matthew, that we're going live. Like, it, there's going to be a live feed here in about 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, the camera guys are great. Um, my camera guys past week, EK, he's great. Um, I, they try to warn you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, okay, uh, we're going live. Like, clean it up. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we're good then. <laughs> But twice it's happened to me that I didn't know we were live and I had got, not minor slip ups. That's not not big slip ups, but minor slip ups. So, so you don't know you're live. The camera guys don't always know you're live, but whenever they do know you're live, they try to give you warning. 
You, you know, if they didn't cut out anything, it would probably more be more TV-friendly anyways for the audience. They'd enjoy it more. They'd enjoy it Because that's what they're used to. That's why our podcast is so successful, because we don't cut out shit. And that's what people want to yeah. hear, because that's why they talk. Do, uh, like, when you go to this tournament, do you fish by yourself, or is there another guy with you in the boat that's fishing? No, man. Uh, on, the, on the Bassmaster Elite Series, we're fishing by ourselves. Um, we have a marshal in there. If we don't have a camera, we have what they call a marshal in the boat. And basically, that's just a guy who rides around with you all day. And they're fans of the sport. They're wanting to learn and everything. And so if you want to learn about, you know, fishing, professional fishing, that's a good thing to get into. Uh, you can check it out on Bassmaster.com. And also, they're kind of there to somewhat police us, make sure we ain't breaking no big rules or anything. And we also have to run a GoPro. I, I don't like it, but we, we, have, we run a GoPro all day just so in case there are any. Uh, conflicts or they want to review any footage they can do so do have you ever had one of these uh, marshals that was real stick in your ass that was there uh i wouldn't say a stick in my ass but i'm gonna tell you something there's some marshals that get on my damn nerves <laughs> like like you're out there listen i i, I talk to my marshals i interact with them Cause I like, I like it to break up the day a little bit, you know, and it helps me, helps me fishing. But like, there's times whenever I just need some, some quiet and, uh, man, I've had one or two marshals that I'm telling you, like, usually if you don't want them to talk to you a bunch, you just kind of, you know, not respond to them quite as much, you know, and okay, it'll kind of get how you need it. So you can get your mind, you gotta have your, you gotta be in the right state of mind and it's not. It's not like I mean to be an asshole, but I got to get get in the right mind frame to do my job. And and man, there's I've had one or two, buddy. They're talkers, like they'll talk. They're telling. <laughs> I, I swear they're telling to stories to themselves. But <laughs> but you know, it's all it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But for the most part, man, uh, all the marshals are great. Get along with most of them, and they're a lot of met a lot of great guys through the marshal program. Where, where, where do y'all, how often do y'all fish? Y'all fish every weekend? Uh, man, this year we've pretty much fished every other week. It seems like the way the schedule is, but we have nine, uh, we have 10, 10 tournaments a year. So, so, and that, and that's on the elite series. Now in the Bassmaster opens, uh, they'll have nine. You can go fish nine other, not as high of a payout. But we can also fish the bass opens, and that's, uh, you know, there's nine of those. But as for just for the elite series, there's there's ten, and what, that's counting the classic. What's the turn? What's it pay to win one of the big ones? Uh, if you win an elite series, first place is a hundred grand. Uh, the Bassmaster Classic last week on Ray Roberts, Hank Cherry won three hundred thousand. God Good Almighty, Lord, and that. Yeah, three hundred grand, and that's not counting the contingency money uh, and all the stuff that comes along with the bass, like the Bassmaster Classic Special. Uh, they say whenever you win the classic, it's like a million dollar payday by the time everything's said and done. Woo! So when you so, win, when you win these big ones, you're getting some big time sponsor dollars, also. Oh yeah, like uh, like companies like Triton give bonus money. Um, 
if you if you have all the contingency money, man, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna win hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty thousand. How to buy a lot of gas station burritos, I can tell you that much right now. Have you Yeah, uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of Taco Bell. Do you have to uh <laughs> do you have do you have to pay for anything anymore? Uh yeah, man, I do. Um so it basically depends on who you are. Um if you're new coming into the sport, I was pretty fortunate uh, with with obtaining a few sponsors to to help me out and represent them uh, coming into it. But yeah, I mean, I I I had the majority of my entry fees and expenses paid to fish the elite series. The entry fees uh, they're five grand a piece. There's nine events, nine elite series events plus the classic. You don't have to pay an entry fee for the classics. You're you're talking about forty five grand worth of entry fees, right? On, on top of travel expense, fishing, tackle, eats, you know, gas, all of it, you know. So you're talking seventy. It, it'll cost. It'll take you seventy grand probably. Mm. And a lot of people don't think that. They just think you know you're fishing this great place every week, but they don't think what it costs to get there. So you said something interesting earlier. You said like some there's sometimes that you need the quiet because you got to like think. What, yeah. When is it? Like, is it when is it? Is there a certain time before the tournament starts that you want quiet? Is it if the fish aren't biting, you need some quiet to think? Like, when is it that you need the the guy to shut up? Um, man, I I don't think there's a, I can't really say there's an exact time. Uh, out there on the water, it's kind of like uh, a gut feeling on timing as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, say it's really tough and, and it's you're not having a real good day. Sometimes the talking uh, takes your mind off that just for a split second, kind of ease your nerves a little bit, and that lets you get back to what you're doing mm-hmm. better. And then, and then there's times like, like last weekend, uh, I was doing decent and just say, if, for instance, if if a marshal is talking a lot or co-angler or whatever, um, like you, you need one or two more good ones to really have a shot at it. And, and you're like, all right, you know, I just, I need to focus, need one or two more big bites to really do something. And it's basically gut feeling, not really timing in particular. Yeah. So do you have any prior knowledge to the lakes that you fish? Like, do they give you a time to, like, scout it? or how, pre- how You pre-fish. You get days yeah. to pre-fish? Yeah, so basically the way it goes is they release the schedule, and once the schedule's released, you're not allowed to get any information that's not public information, like, like on Ray Roberts, if you know something about Ray Roberts, I could not call you and get information from you, and you couldn't get you couldn't uh, deliver information to me. And but anything public knowledge, like say there's an article on the internet, I can obtain that. And uh, yeah, up to 30 days before a tournament, uh, we can be on the water looking at it, scouting. You know, checking stuff out, seeing what's where and what what's not. Can you fish it also, though, or just have to be on there? Are you allowed to fish? No, no, we can we can fish and do whatever we want up until that thirty day time period before. So thirty days is a cutoff. Thirty days before yeah. you cannot be on that on that body of water. 
Yep, until official practice. Now, what about um, could you read like a, a fishing forum on, on a place? You know, yeah, if, if somebody's like topic. commenting like, "Hey, in this cove or whatever," like the, they're biting all the time. That's that's public yeah, knowledge. If it's, if it's on a public forum, you're good to go. But so who's who's monitoring that? Uh, is there a is there an organization? Like, what if somebody like DM'd you? And it was like, hey, this is the place to go. Like, is there anybody looking at your uh, messages? You have, first and foremost, you have to tell them you can't can't get any information. Right. And also, there's polygraphs given, and in the polygraphs, they ask specific questions on uh, obtaining information after the cutoff, and and it, it's a vigorous polygraph that they give. So uh, that that's one of the things that that's done to kind of police it, and. See, that would suck because, you know, if like if somebody messages me and I look at it and it's telling me where the fucking fish are and like I just look at it and I don't want it. Yeah. And then they, they kind of put you in jeopardy. Yeah. Like, and then they ask yeah. me in the polygraph, I'm going to flunk that fucker. You'd flunk anyways because you're a fucking nervous person. I'm a nervous yeah, guy. If you look at it and you, if I look at something and somebody I read and somebody's starting to give me, you know, I and I can, you can kind of for say, stop reading it text them or respond or whatever hey man i appreciate it but i'm not allowed to get any info on the lake and you know pretty much let her go it's a lot of integrity in the sport of bass fishing and if with integrity comes cheating and i don't know how the hell anybody can cheat if there's fucking marshall in the boat with you how do people how do people cheat cheat man i i'll be honest with you as far as uh the late series go. I have to. I have to give them this. I don't think there's uh, a whole lot of cheating goes on because with the extra person in the boat, with the cameras on us, with the GoPro, um, it, it's policed pretty hard. Yeah, they've taken pretty out hard. any chance of cheating. Do what? They've pretty much limited the way you could. Che- I don't know how you could cheat in a bass fishing tournament, anyways. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Catch a fish and tie it up to a tree somewhere? Yeah, they pretty much. Yeah, that's that's definitely not going on. I can tell you that. I bet you've had to fish in some shitty ass weather in this tournament. Oh, dude, yeah, it it, it we have uh, this past weekend on Ray Roberts. We had to delay for two hours the second day because of, of some real bad storms. It was some it was some shitty weather, dude. Like it was it was blowing a lot of lightning. Uh, it wasn't safe conditions to be out there. I would have fished there just because I'm a dumbass. But uh, <laughs> lightning will hit 100 yards from me, and I'll be still have my rod pointed up in there. <laughs> so, I mean, but but and truth be told, you know, bass maiden always, usually, almost always makes the right decision. Uh, safety first. Make sure nobody's out there getting struck by lightning or whatnot. So, so I want I want to go back to the free stuff. We're in, we have a good podcast. We get a lot of gifts given to us, a lot of companies yeah. sponsoring shit. You don't have to buy any bait and tackle, do you? Um, so it just depends. Like my sponsors take care of me pretty well, but I think buying tackle as a fisherman, uh, I gotta tell you, I think it's like an addictive trait to bass <laughs> fishermen, and I think, dude, you couldn't tell me it's not the same with. With hunting, like, yeah, you get calls given to you, but then you, you know, you're out and about and you see this call you like, and you're like, damn, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, 199 bucks. 
you know, I've, I've been given my, yeah, I'm just going to buy it, you know? <laughs> so like I buy fishing tackle, you know, even, even though, uh, you know, I get a lot of getting take care, taken care of by the sponsors. It's, it's just part of it, man. That's what we like to do. Do you have guys fighting over giving you bass boats? Has that happened yet? No, no, not yet. <laughs> I, I got a, I got, a, I got a guy who's had my back since the beginning, and I wouldn't even be where I'm at because of him. And and I run a boat for him. And until I did any, if I did anything else with anybody else, I'd have to have his blessing first because of how much he's done for me. Loyalty is something you don't find very much. I respect you for that. That's a, that's yeah, a, that's I a great it. trait. So you live in Kentucky, which means you must be a fucking basketball fan. Yeah. 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 Was it tough this year with y'all not having – y'all didn't have a basketball team much this year, did you? No, it was about the first time ever. We freaking sucked worse than sucking. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen this coming fall, but I'll tell you what, he ain't going to have another – Kyler Perry ain't going to have a job if it happens again, I don't think. Duke and Kentucky, neither one made the tournament, did they? No. no, First time ever, I think, both of them. Yeah, and like I said, another year, and it ain't going to look pretty, bud. (laughs) Kentucky fans don't accept that no matter what. I don't care what the situation is, one and done. Kentucky fans won't accept a losing program. No, Kentucky basketball is is up there with any program when it comes to fans. You know, Texas high school football, Kentucky college basketball is the whole thing. Yeah. Now, if Louisville had that record, we'd be all right. We ain't worried about that. But UK basketball, that ain't, that's a no-go. UK, y'all, y'all had the hefty-lefty, too, in football, didn't you? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. So, how, how did you fish for a living. How often do you fish a week? How many days a week do you fish? Man, I'll be honest with you. Like Before I actually made it to the Elite Series, uh, man, I'd say on average I fish four or five days a week. And even that, that may – that may may have been after I got off work and go out till dark, you know. Uh, but now, this year I fished a lot because of the schedule, man. I fished at least five, six days a week this year, and uh, man, I'll be honest with you, we have a three week break, and I'm I know, I'm ready for a short break. I got to tell you, my ass is wore out from this year. You know, everybody listening to you that loves to fish is thinking, fuck that son of a bitch. He's fucking wore out from fishing. I'm work, work out from work just wanting to go fishing. But it's a job. Buddy. What you do for a living, it's a different deal. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I work for, I, I live in a in a trailer park. I'm still your regular working guy. Like, I'm not one of these guys that, that had a silver spoon in their mouth. So I know I've worked for every damn thing I got. This uh, this trailer I'm living in, you wouldn't believe it. I paid forty four hundred bucks for it, <laughs> and uh, and the floor, the, the kitchen needed a little work, the bedroom needed a little work. Stuck another two grand into it, and uh, so I got you know I got sixty five hundred bucks in my damn trailer, and uh, and it's paid for though. The trailer park, so everybody thinks it's all glory, but uh, I've made sacrifices in certain parts of my life, and. Uh, Dude, I was a machinist for 12 years, and, you know, actually tool and die maker, and about three, two, three years ago, I started my own little pressure washing company. I know it sounds crazy. No. But I no. quit machining, started pressure washing, 
and yeah, man, I'm, I'm just, I know what the hard work is like. I get in the dirt and the grind my whole damn life. And, uh, and whenever you're gone traveling the majority of the year, you're ready to be home for a few days. Yeah. But that, we'll be ready to roll at the end of the month. That's why your fans like you so much because they can relate to you. Yeah. That, that's right. Is, do, are y'all inundated in the waterfowl hunting business? We are getting a lot of the rich kids that, whose parents are buying them places and stuff. Is that is that happening on the bass tour also? Um, not really. You see, uh, I see a lot of younger kids. Like whenever I was young, I started bass. I started fishing out of a sixteen or a sixteen foot bass tracker with a. 45 mercury on it little aluminum boat and i will tell you i see a lot of young people out there in brand new 80 90 thousand dollar boats and uh man i can't really say nothing about it because if i was in that situation i'd be i'd be in the boat too you know i guess you know more power to them you know what i mean Oh, I'd be the same fucking way. I, I yeah, would have made like, a I great rich spoiled kid. Fuck yeah, I'd have been a rich spoiled little asshole if I could have been. I grew <laughs> oh, up. Buddy, I would have been too. Yeah. Don't worry. Fuck, I grew up in a trailer park poor as fuck. I was always jealous of them kids, but I always wanted to be one of them. <laughs> oh yeah. So where's your next fishing trip at? Your next? Where's y'all's next schedule at? Our next one is up in uh, Plattsburgh, New York, on Champlain, and then it's practice starts. Uh, the fourth of july of all times <laughs> and uh yeah so we'll be gone for a holiday and and then literally back to back weeks we'll go to the st lawrence river uh two big smallmouth fisheries it's gonna be fun go up there catch some big smallies make you know hopefully cash some checks and and make some money that's some high dollar rent places you're going to too oh yeah it is yeah we, we try to slum it a little bit we try to go cheap <laughs> it's hard to go staying cheap up, up there. This place we're staying at a couple of little shacks about the size of a closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful area up there too. Have you fished up there before? Uh, I haven't fished up there, but I've I have went a little further. I got a good buddy that lives in Maine. I've went up there and fished with him, and I'm go- I'm going to tell you, Maine's probably the best bass fishing I've ever been to in the country. Uh, don't catch giants, but three to five pounders, you, you catch a lot of them, and it's beautiful country up that way. That's the prettiest state. I think that's the prettiest place in the country also. I love the East Coast. Yeah. Now, um, we, when you get this this 300000 or this million-dollar check, because it's going to happen, I can I can feel it, are we leaving the trailer, or, or are we just putting that, we're going to stay in the trailer and just sock away some money? No, nah, bud, we ain't getting rid of the trailer. Um, <laughs> we, uh... I got, I bought not, we bought nine acres out the road here about 10 minutes, probably about eight, nine months ago. And is old cattle field and stuff had all the utilities put in and moving the damn trailer out. Of, I'm moving out of the trailer park, but I'm taking my damn trailer with me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Some new owners bought the trailer park and they're kind of a bunch of dicks. Uh-oh. So I don't like them. So we're getting the hell out of here. And, uh, yeah, they're just going to do that. Like I, my old lady was talking about, uh, oh, yeah, if, uh, if you win, if I won last week, she's like, yeah, if you win, we're going to, you know, we might get a double wide. I said, hell no, if we win, we're going to build a damn trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> do you have some meth heads that live by you? No, dude, actually, like yeah, whenever I call it a trailer park, and it is a trailer park, 
you, you think about a standard trailer park like that, but what it is, it's down here by Kentucky Lake, and it's a bunch of older guys uh, that come down here. The majority of them come down here on the weekend and and fish. It's kind of like getaway trailers, and they got little uh, garages on the side of them to put their boats in. It's a really nice, quiet neighborhood. It's a retirement deal. Yeah, it is. It really is like a retirement deal. What are these new owners doing that you don't like? Uh, there's a pain in the ass, man. I don't want to get into it, but they fucking... <laughs> they suck. Yeah, let's just say we 100% don't see eye to eye. <laughs> yeah. So now, when when did you know, like, when did you think, like, hey, I got a shot at, at doing this for a living? Um, Man, locally, uh, I was making some good money fishing, fishing tournaments, and... We have that Asian carp problem up here with all the Asian carp taking over the waters and and the fishing was kind of getting bad and a lot of the local tournaments left. So I was like, man, if I'm ever going to make a run at this, this is probably the time, you know, tournaments are leaving. So I, I fished the, the Bass Opens for two years and uh, probably two years goes whenever I decided, hey, I'm going to make a run at this and and see what happens. All right, I want to talk to you as like a, if I was your manager, I'd say. You had a yeah. great opportunity when you bashed that beer. What kind of beer was that that you bashed when you were drinking it? Dude, I got to tell you, it really wasn't beer. I wanted to use beer, but <laughs> it was damn water. And I'm going to tell you why I, did. I was going to use beer, but I feel like they would have disqualified me because we have a rule that says you cannot drink, you can't consume alcohol during competition and under a technicality even though we drove to the coliseum to weigh in and everything the the event is not over until after we weigh the fish a smart move on your part then very smart i couldn't weigh the fish and if i'd have drank even though it's 30 seconds before uh i'd have got disqualified for the alcohol consumption that that was very smart which but man that would have been a great plug to try to get one of them to sponsor you right there oh, yeah man i actually i actually have a whiskey sponsor 10 cup whiskey dude it's uh the official whiskey of bass fishing and uh it's some good shit dude it really is <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell you what i'll do y'all see y'all give me your address and i'll send you a bottle of it to try we'll we'll, we'll text you when we get off of here we'll definitely do that yeah um so do you kind of know what the standings are or do you not know anything until the way ends? Like when you're out there on yeah. the water. Yeah. While you're out there on the water, you don't know anything. Like it's uh the classics only a three day event and the rest of the events are four days. And while you're on the water, you don't have a clue how anybody else is doing. It's kind of different than other sports. Cause normally, you know, you know, the score of the other person, whereas you don't know till the end of the day, Till it's over where you sit. So what kind of nerve wracking? What's your strategy? Just get as many. Like, do you have like a certain number that you try to achieve each day? Yeah. So we have a five fish limit, and normally there, depending on the fishery you go to, there'll be a size limit, like a minimum of twelve inches or fourteen inches or fifteen inches. And you weigh in your five biggest bass over that over that size limit, and you kind of gauge. You whenever you go to certain fisheries, you can kind of gauge uh, how much weight you're going to be. Like whenever we're at Lake Fork in Texas, uh, 
you know the weights are going to be much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to catch 25 pounds a day or 25 to 30 pounds a day. As Ray Roberts, with the flooded water and the fishing wasn't the greatest, uh, you're talking 15 to 18 pounds a day to win. So when you – it's a five-fish limit. So once you catch your five fish, which I'm assuming you do some days, then you start yeah. pulling out the smaller ones and putting them back. Yeah, yeah. You call them out like you catch one. And right whenever you catch that sixth one, you go back there and you have to call out, throw out your smallest, put that one in there. And if you don't, if you put that sixth one in there and it's happened more than you know, you make a cast with six fish in the live well, it's a two-pound penalty, which is a hefty, hefty penalty. Really? That that, that two pounds can make make all the difference in the world? There was a – I know one in particular. I know the boy. Uh, he was fishing a bass open two years ago. Uh, we was down – we was on the Arkansas River, and – he would have won if it wasn't for that penalty Ooh. on the final day. Wow. Like I'm talking, bro, would have went to the classic and everything, which is the biggest stage in bass fishing. Mm. Okay, I got a dumb question for you. Someone that's never been to a bass tournament. What do you do when y'all are fishing at these big tournaments and you get some fucking asshole that comes up in a boat and tries to get up next to you? Somebody that's not in the tournament, just somebody on the lake. Um, That's a good answer coming here. It depends on who you are <laughs> and how you react. If they pull up there, my buddy Corey from Canada, Corey Johnson from Canada, he's going to, buddy, he's going to run his mouth and run them off. You know, he's going to try to fight them. Uh, it just depends on the situation. If it's somebody pulls up next to me fishing that's not in a tournament and everything, then I'll, I'll probably have a few words with them. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a little, little hustle. <laughs> because i've been trout fishing like in the laguna madre off the coast of texas and them guys get into it because they they're fishing and then some fucker parks and floats right up by you you know and they start yep. bitching at each other and then the clients start bitching at each other so i was wondering because it's a public water you really can't keep nobody from doing that but yeah it, you can't but i have to tell you for the most part uh everybody's pretty respectful they know that we're only there for three or four days and for the most part, they're pretty respectful on uh, on letting us have the water. Um, I've pulled up to places and wanted to fish a stretch, and, a, and there's a local there. And he's like, oh, hey, man, come in, go ahead and fish, and, uh, and I'll get out of your way. So I got to say, they're pretty respectful on that avenue, and we appreciate the hell out of it. Now, you said you're going to fish the St. Lawrence River when you're up in, I guess, Toronto, Montreal, wherever the hell y'all are going to be at. Yeah. When y'all are get up there, what happens when you catch pike and walleye when you're bass fishing? Yeah, man, it happens. I caught a big-ass flathead down there at Lake Fork during the tournament. Uh, man, you just throw them back. Like, I almost kept that flathead down there at Lake Fork because the damn redneck in me is like, here's a good one, too. It's about 15-pounder. I thought, damn, man, Seth can eat on this thing tonight. I was like, but damn, if I throw it in there, they disqualify my ass for having a trash fish in there. But, trash yeah, fish. man, especially a flathead because they're the best eating, you know. <laughs> so, I thought you, I bet at first when you caught it, you hung on to a big bitch. you thought. Oh, yeah, I flipped in this big-ass standing timber. Hey, dude, three, I had like five minutes to go. My camera guy was kind of starting to be done with the live feed and all that. 
and he was like, we'd listen to some tool and stuff uh, before the tournament right during the delay. He's like, all right, man, it's time to jam out and, and make this happen. So he put on some tool at Invincible song, and it got about <laughs> three bars into the solo. And I flipped into this tree, and I fucking jacked one. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a giant. And I fucking get up, and it's a fucking catfish. I was like, you got to Of all times, like, he was like, oh, I thought that was fixing to be your new walkout song. I was like, hell, me too, bud. <laughs> like, I done thought I caught a 10-pounder. <laughs> What's the biggest fish you've caught ever? Uh, man, I've caught a 62-pound catfish as far as freshwater goes, bass fishing. Uh, biggest bass I ever caught was 10 even. Do you ever do the noodling, the catfish noodling? No, I ain't that fucking stupid. I see those. I'm not sticking my hand up under a damn stump or nothing to fucking grab nothing. Have you seen the chick Hannah that does that, Hannah Barron? Yeah, I see a bunch of chicks holding the catfish with the noodles. So hot, they're hotter than shit. Yeah, they are. Yeah, she's... I mean, everyone I see is good looking. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I look at the girls holding the catfish. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, a damn snapping turtle could be in there. I mean, hell, you don't a uh, fucking water moccasin. You don't know. Buddy, I'm telling you, I've heard turtles being in there. You know, I don't want no part of that. Fuck that. Have you ever had a snake come in your boat with you? Yeah, at night, had one come in the boat with me, scared the shit out of me. Me and oh. actually, the other evening, me and my buddy Seth was uh, pulled in, and a damn snake come out of my boat, and about stepped on the damn thing, and he whacked its head off with a shovel. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know what type of snake it was, but damn. No, that that catfish noodling. That, I saw one video of her. She comes up, and I don't know. She's got this big fucking fish. She's like, yeah, it was spinning with me under in the hole, and I had to do this and that. And I'm like, fuck a bunch of that. I can't hold my breath that long. So if I've got Hell a 60-pound no. catfish She's in a bikini, though, though, what? She? Oh, she's, I, I, Hannah's I a good-looking gal. I watched it to the end. You watched it till the end. I watched um, it to the make end. Sure, yeah, make sure she survived. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping she'd get up in the boat a little bit higher. You know, that water's Real like, nice catfish, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's all I was looking at was the catfish. <laughs> I don't know what she was wearing, uh, but... She's got a bigger set of balls than me because I'm not doing that in that murky ass yeah, water. Yeah, me neither, bud. With oh, you talking about big fish? I know it's stupid, but uh, um, man, I got the old hit. It's a oh, it's called Old Hickory Lake in Tennessee. It's on the TV. It's on the Army Corps Engineer System. I got the lake record spotted bass for that place, a five two. Five two. Now, yep. What did uh? How often do you catch a trash fish like you did the other day? Do y'all catch many crappie um, and sand bass? No, man, we catch a lot of stuff. We go to a lake with striped fruit with, like, stripes. Y'all call them sand bass, which cracks me the hell up. <laughs> but but the people from up north around Minnesota make fun of, fun of me because I call everything a stripe with stripes on it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, catch a lot of stripes. But for the most part, not too many catfish or anything like that. What happens if you catch a smallmouth when you're fishing, you're in a bass? Can, can, you, can a smallmouth count also? Yeah, yeah, and uh, smallmouth, spotted bass, and largemouth we can weigh in. But a walleye or a pike, you got to kick out. Yeah, yeah, walleye, pike, catfish. If it's not a smallmouth, largemouth, or spot, uh, and there's one place, there's a couple places in Florida they got uh, what they call shoal bass. Really, really weird looking bass, but yeah, pretty much just the three species of bass. Have you caught a peacock bass ever? I have not. It's on my bucket list. That's a fighting son of a bitch. 
yeah, uh, the guy, one of my main sponsors, he'd go to Brazil every year, and he tells me stories about, you know, he'd always tip the guy, they'd give the guy a couple hundred bucks, and he he said they'd drive two, three hours out into the jungle in the little John boat, and he said, dude, it's unreal catching 20-pound peacocks. Mm. Fucking mosquitoes will fuck your ass over down there and everything else, though. Yeah. That's a tough My trip. ass ain't going down there. <laughs> is, that, is that the only place that you can catch those, though? No, it's all over the Amazon no, rainforest, you, and they got them in Florida and Cuba. You can catch them in Florida. Yeah. You can? Cuba's got a lot yeah, of them, too. Yeah, you're not going to catch the great big peacocks in Florida, but you can go down there and catch decent-sized seven-pound peacocks mm-hmm. or so uh, down there in Florida, around the Tampa area. So you don't have to go to Brazil to catch a peacock. You can just go to Florida. No. It's not going to be as big. Yeah, but. Go, yeah, go to Florida if you want to catch a peacock. Yeah, fuck Brazil. Well, I have a feeling you're going to end up being a big star. you got the personality that America likes. I, just waiting. Someone's going to snag you up when you're going to have a big endorsement deal eventually. You might be the new Brett Favre doing Wrangler Gene commercials one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go for that. Wrangler needs to give me a shout. I need the damn Gene sponsor so I can start wearing some jeans out there. Well, you passed it up when you didn't slap two Coors Lights over your head and didn't drink them. Just slap them together up there. I know, buddy. I know. I, I done shit the bed on that one. <laughs> so the the hair, did you have that whenever you came into this, or did you grow that out over the course of your career? No, nah, man, I've had it for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got the full-blown bullet, you know. And, uh, yeah, that fucking good-looking blonde hair is it, all natural. It's boy. all natural. That's no, <laughs> no bottom, yeah, right? all natural. If uh, the sun bleaches are out pretty good. Do uh, you got the best hair on the circuit? Uh, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> women, as, if you went off of what women would pay for hair, you damn right. But there's a couple other guys got some good damn hair, you know? <laughs> kind of pisses me off. <laughs> Do y'all have women fishing on the tour? No, nah, man, no women fishing the Elite Series. But there are a couple women uh, fishing the Bass Opens. Uh, there's one fishing, there, there's kayak bass fishing, and there's girl Christine Fisher. She's a freaking gangster fisherman. I told, we've told her she needs to get a boat and uh, and try to make it. And she's fishing as a co-angler in the opens where you fish out of the back of the boat. And she's doing really well, but she's a straight-up gangster fisherman, buddy. Yeah. Like, now, if you've had this hair for three years, you beat the trend. Like, you, you set the trend of the mullet because now everybody's got one, and it's just got popular in the last year. You were a trendsetter with it. Yeah, man. I, like, I'd say I was at the beginning of the trend. I don't really consider, consider myself a trendsetter, uh, except for, you know, all the ladies falling in love. But, <laughs> uh, but other than that, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I had her a little early on. You were an early adopter, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how I missed the part do, uh, how could you potentially cheat? Like you can't stuff like lead in it or anything like that. Like that, that would be a dead giveaway. It's impossible. Man, they pretty got it. Like the only way you could really cheat is if you got information during the cutoff. That's the biggest, that's the only biggest flaw is there so much integrity that comes in with that, even though they polygraph you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do polygraph you, and I think that makes anglers have more integrity whenever it comes down to it, you know? 
uh, in my opinion. Do you get nervous uh, if you have to, when you have to take a polygraph? I'm a nervous person, so that would bother me, knowing that I got a polygraph looming over my head. Dude, I've taken, I've taken 11 polygraphs, and it doesn't bother me. Look, it didn't bother me the first time, and it didn't bother me the last time. Uh, I have two fishing partners. One does concrete, and the other one's a cop, and... I always take the polygraphs for everything. No big deal. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll sit there like, I remember one time this dude was taking a pot, giving me a polygraph. And he was like, all right, I want you to lie on the odd number of questions and tell the truth on the evens. I'd lie on the odd numbers. He's like, I told you to lie. I said, God dang, dude, I am lying. I can't help that your damn machine can't tell if I'm fucking lying or not. Shit. And, uh, but my buddy who's a cop, man, they, uh, Normally, you just one of you go take it. Well, they uh, they picked which one of you took it, so it was his. They picked him to go take it, and I uh, kind of made fun of him, and he was shaking, buddy, like he was nervous. She said, "Dude, you're a freaking cop. How the hell are you nervous about this?" Done a lot of sketchy and, uh, shit. He's like, I don't see how you do this and don't care. I was like, "Dude, I'd go take it. You better take your fucking ass up there." But. My, but it was all good. My last question for you. And I'm trying to think what the fuck it was. I just forgot what the hell I was going to ask him. I had a good one, too. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Do you think anyone will ever beat the world record bass? It's been there forever. Um, in the United States, no. Um, and it used to, whenever they caught all those big bass out of California, they were stocking trout. Right. And trout grow the biggest bass in the world. And they stopped stocking trout for a long time, and now they're back to stocking trout. But it's not the amount of trout that they were, so they're not able to grow those giant bass. And if you see the world record broke, it'll be out of Japan. A lot of big bass lakes there. Yeah. And and if there's a lot of big bass in Cuba, too. But if you see... Um, another world record it'll probably come out of japan what is the in, in the near future you know it, it, they'd have to do a lot of work to the california lakes to to get those giant bass coming back what, the world record's what 23 pounds 23 four or something yeah yeah something like that it's japanese bass Whew. yeah the record in america was like in 1940s wasn't it out of yeah, florida yeah been around for a long time yeah it's 22 something i believe i can't remember the number that's a million-dollar fish if you ever catch that thing. Oh, God, could you imagine? I couldn't imagine a bass like that. I'd be banging I fucking really kegs couldn't. of Coors Light over my head. <laughs> oh, God, I would too, buddy. We'd be partying like, like no other. <laughs> Go to Vegas, man. Bunch of strippers. <laughs> well, Matt, if you ever get out in Texas and you want to come do hunting, we'd love to have you come out and be our guest someday. Buddy, we we could do that. I love shoot y'all. What do y'all like? What do y'all usually shoot shooting out there? Uh, we're gonna shoot your puddle duck, speckle bellies, and Canada geese. Dude, I'm a Canada goose freak. I love them. <laughs> well, you come out and see us this winter, then you're always welcome out here. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Hey, we thank you for being on here with us. We wish you the best, and thank you very much for being here with us. Yeah, I appreciate it, fellas. Right, thanks, thank bud. Bye. Bye. That's a funny son bitch right there. Yeah, he is. That is that is funny. Uh, I know absolutely nothing about bass fishing, and it's a lot of money in it. Oh yeah, I didn't realize it was oh, that big much. Three hundred k million dollars. Could you imagine? 
Oh, yeah, it'd be a great weekend of fishing. I wonder if the big boys are like, I wonder if it's all the same winners. I'm sure it's the same. Yeah, it's a elite series. It's only got the same guys. It's like the golf tournament. I understand, but I wonder if it's the same guy winning it every time. Oh, I doubt that. You doubt that? I bet it's. I bet it's. It's a very competitive deal. Yeah. But on our lot, he's got a great personality. He's perfect for this. Yeah, he does. And I'm telling you, if he could have busted some beers over his head, he was smart for not. I wouldn't have thought about that. Getting DQ. Oh, he would have gotten big time though. That would have. He'd be on every fucking Coors Light or Bud Light or whoever commercial fishing deal. Mm-hmm. All right, thank y'all for listening to us. God bless y'all, and have a great week. Go check out all of our great, great sponsors. Check out Gundog Outdoors. Check out Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club, Eyesight Drone Service, Stanfield Hung Outfitters, Goose Creek Retrievers, and Bangtail Whiskey.